Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan, what's going down? Uh, not too much. Um, it's just really snowy out. It's surprising. I think we have, what, like 10 inches at this point? Yeah, it's pretty bad out there. Um, so lots of snow. I don't know if I'm sick of it yet. I mean, it looks pretty, but just with that amount of snow and then like the multiple layers of ice, I feel like I'm breaking my ankles every time I try to take Nala for a walk. That well, how is the, uh, the the apartment complex? Have they snowplowed stuff like the sidewalks and everything? Yeah, they had like a few bulldo- bulldozers in there, like mm-hmm. those little bobcats mm-hmm. um, shoveling snow around. I take Nala out into like a little open field near the gym. Oh, okay. It's like a thirty by thirty kind of open space, and just let her zoom me around to get out of her energy. But yeah, she loves the snow. I'm less fond of it right now. Well, as a homeowner, I can attest that I am definitely not a fan of it. Because, yeah, I was going to say, your driveway is uh, very unplowed. <laughs> well, the thing about it that really kind of sucks is that, you know, we're in a cul-de-sac. We're tucked in the very back of the cul-de-sac. Yeah. And the way the sun is obviously set in the sky the, and our house is set, <laughs> yeah. we never get any direct sunlight on our uh, driveway. I see how it is. So blaming celestial bodies for your problem. <laughs> it's just the fucking sun's fault. <laughs> I gotta blame someone, man. Yeah, you know, it's not I, your problem. I can't take ownership over my lack of uh, shoveling. But I, I will say that, like driving through your neighborhood and then getting to the part where I turn left onto your cul-de-sac, it's like clear roads and then just three inches of ice. <laughs> they literally they don't snowplow because they're fearful that a um like you can't turn around you wouldn't be able to turn around or there's a lot of cars parked on the street that they would run into and so it's just kind of a cluster and i waited a little bit too long to actually shovel my driveway yeah and so now it literally is just a layer of ice like a a one and a half inches of ice and then on top of that there's like two inches of snow and so at this point i'm just kind of waiting for the the non-sun to do your job (laughs) the weather to warm up a bit and then hopefully it melts but I'm also fearful that, you know, our backyard has like 10 inches of snow in it and it doesn't drain well. And so there's just going to be flooding. It's going to be a swamp of a mess in our backyard. So Lauren and I, this this summer, we have to we have to create a French drain to kind of help um, just get a natural flow of water and fluids out of grade. Yeah, degrade. Yeah. You know all the terms. Yeah. Um, Dad and I were actually talking about manure and getting a few loads for you guys when I was at the place. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of the things you don't really think about, you know? Like, I'd, I'd wake up and start working, and then I'd hear people shoveling, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably go out. <laughs> yeah, and- that's, I need to do that as a homeowner. I probably should go do that, but um, that's how, neither here nor there. How is Scooby enjoying it? Oh, he loves it, you know? Okay. He's running around like a little crazy person, and it's really funny because he kind of reminds me of a deer. Like, when he lays down, he kind of curls up in this little fetal position, and he looks so cute, like a little Bambi or whatever. Yeah. But when we let him out to go outside, he literally jumps around and hops around like a little deer. <laughs> like Bambi. Like, yeah, if, if someone shoots a gun and like a bunch of deer start, you know, running around like, yeah. oh my gosh. He looks like he's prancing around in a, in a meadow of snow. It's a, it's just the cutest thing ever. I, Yeah, I could see that. I, um, near one of the areas that I take Nala out, there was these little footprints of these little, like, probably 
10, 15 pound dogs. Probably what, uh, what was your old dog's name? Oh, Calvin? Calvin. Probably what Calvin was. Just these really tiny, like walking on the snow slash ice. Yeah. And I was like, aw, that's cute. <laughs> and then here's Nala just stomping through layers. Just like. She's a freaking horse, Yeah, man. just a horse in it. So, yeah. Um, besides snow, this week, I took a half day on Thursday. Just kind of, I don't know, get my life in order. That's so, not the wrong I, I just, my, my apartment was kind of dirty, so I cleaned everything and now it's kind of spotless so that was a good change of pace and then i also played games that day <laughs> so good for yeah. you man sometimes you just, just gotta break. recognize when uh you're at your wits end yeah plug off work and uh just chill yeah no that's nice i'm actually planning to do that here in a few weeks because my birthday is march 22nd which falls on a monday lauren and i are both going to take that friday off and just uh relax very nice so yeah. that's the plan but uh yeah this week for me work continues to be a kind of shit show if you really will. good yeah this one audit that i'm on just kind of spiraled out of control towards the end of it and it's just kind of created a mass chaos situation but we're getting closer we're inching closer to the finish line with that but when, uh when does that audit end uh it was supposed done? to end friday like yesterday oh. <laughs> and it didn't just because uh stuff that we could anticipate and then some things we probably should have uh had in order before the closing conference uh, we just didn't. So, you know, we got to. So I'm new to auditing. So is there there's set deadlines when you want to have your audit done? But if how do you extend your deadline? Is it just between the companies? Uh, well, it it gets into a, a, a greater conversation around what's the difference between external audit and internal audit. So I'm an internal audit. I don't want to go into all this nuance and craziness because I don't want to bore the listeners. Yeah. But uh, yeah, internal audit is far more flexible because it's not like our company has a year end that we're we're working towards. Oh. Okay. That we're delivering a audit report to uh, the shareholders. Yeah. This is just an uh, internal d- report that we're delivering to management. So. Oh. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's a big problem if something blew up in your own company. <laughs> then, yeah. 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 So. A little bit different. But uh, speaking of work. Yes. So, Always fun. Uh, many, uh, about a month ago, two months ago maybe, uh, I was talking to my boss, having a one-on-one, and she said that her son actually had uh, fallen down, broken his leg. Oh, no. And so she was asking about the process of getting a PlayStation 5, and I'm like, oh, it's it's a process. It is a process. It is not easy to do, and everyone's trying to get one right now, uh, but I said i keep an eye out, and uh, yesterday, I just could not focus as I as I typically do on Fridays. Yeah. You know, it's just a struggle towards the end of the week. And so I uh, I logged into Twitter and the moment I logged in, top of the news feed was Wario sixty four said that PlayStation fives and Xbox Series X's and S's are back in stock at Best Buy. And he had tweeted it a minute ago. So sixty seconds ago yeah. and I, I'm thinking I'm already done. The bots have already cleaned house. They've already, you know, There's no way I'm getting a PS5, but I thought, what the heck? Why not log in and see what I can do? See if I can you know, not work some magic. So I click in, and how Best Buy pre-order situations have worked for the PlayStation 5, and I presume Series X as well, is you scroll down, the system's there, and there's like a little yellow button that says add to cart. Mm-hmm. When you add it to cart, you immediately get a flag to say this item is not in your cart. We're currently processing the number of orders right now if the yellow button reappears that means we haven't sold out and you have the opportunity to get one nice 
So I was like, okay, I might as well just put on some good tunes and just wait it out. And my, for whatever reason, my work laptop does not run at the speed of my PC. Like the internet connection just doesn't work as well. Okay. I don't know what's going on there. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. But I'm just waiting for this thing to process, already thinking that it's going to say out of stock here any second now. Well, five minutes go by and then the yellow button reappears. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, 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 maybe this is just a glitch. Maybe it's for real. I press add to cart. It added to my cart. It took me out to checkout. And I'm like, oh, my word, I'm going to get a PlayStation 5 for my boss potentially. And then it said log into your Best Buy account. And that was my first mistake because I didn't log into Best Buy to begin with. Oh, no. Because I didn't anticipate that these were going to go live or anything like that. And so I sign in or I attempt to because it says sign in with one of your email accounts and Google was one of them. So I try to sign in through Google and then it's like not doesn't recognize this machine sending verification code to your email. And I'm like, not a problem. I pull up my phone. I'm out of storage on my phone. So the Gmail application is currently sitting in the cloud. I have to re-download it to get the verification oh, code. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Every scenario that possibly could go wrong is going wrong. So I quickly turn on my my actual PC because I didn't want to have to wait for my phone to re-download. Yeah. I have an iPhone 6. It's a fossil at this point. And so I log into my PC. I get the verification code. I type it in, fully expecting at this point. It's sold out. It's yeah. sold out. But it said, yep, still in your cart. It's uh, at this point, this this round of... Uh, so it tracks between computers. Yeah. Nice. And so this round of, of shipments was um, pick up from store only. I said, not a problem. I yeah. clicked the Best Buy closest to us. They were in stock there. Pick up for next Thursday. Somehow already had my credit card information in. Just, <laughs> just put my security code in. And uh, I got a PS5 for my boss. That's awesome. So I pinged her. I'm like, hey, are you still trying to get a PS5 for your son? I was totally working just <laughs> 10 minutes for the last half an hour. but Yeah, and she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, well, I just secured an order. It's yours if you want it. And she was like, oh, my word. Yes. Very nice. So, uh, so I got a raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And reprimanded for not working, but mm-hmm. whatever. Mm. Double coffee drink. That's good coffee. Yeah. But uh, so, of course, yesterday I, I, I took the time to... I chugged a cup of coffee, got through all the things I needed to get through for work, and then I started writing out a, because um, her son, I think, is like six or seven. Okay. And so I started thinking of like... So like Doom? Yeah, exactly. Doom yeah. Eternal, God Last of, of War, Last of Us Part Two, um, all that good stuff. And so I started like making a list of, you know, the things, the, the games that would best fit a six or seven-year-old's uh, appetite here. And uh, honestly, I think the perfect game, because I was looking at the PS4... PS5 obviously doesn't have much outside of Astro's Playroom and Sackboy. Yeah. At this point, uh, we have Balan Wonderworld and Cana Bridge of Spirits on the horizon. But as of uh, today, it was more like the PS4 library that you could pull from. Mm-hmm. I think the perfect game, and honestly, you know, when Lauren and I have kids, you know, we'll have video game theory on Mondays and musical sessions with Grant Kirkhope on Wednesday nights, of course. <laughs> but I think the first game I'd want to rec- uh, introduce my kids to outside of N64 stuff, would be New Super Lucky's Tale. Okay. That is just the yeah, that's perfect a, game yeah. for kids and adults alike. For adults, you can reminisce of the earlier 3D platforming days. It's super adorable. It kind of gives you that spark of nostalgia that we had in the N64 PS1 era. But for kids, it's really not too difficult. No. Lucky is the cutest little character in the world. And my goodness, to have a game as a 6 or 7 year old kid to play now and a decade or two from now, look back and have the same fondness that I have for Banjo-Kazooie 
for something like New Super Luckies. Yeah, no, I think that's a good starting off game. I don't even know what I'd recommend to a six-year-old. Well, I like, think what my plan is to to pick up Spyro the Reignited Trilogy for them and New okay. Super Luckies uh, and just say, hey, these are on me because honestly, my pride and joy, my, my, my greatest hobby is, is video games. Yeah. So like this is... So platform. This was this had nothing to do with like me <laughs> trying to to get in in good graces with my boss. This was just such an awesome opportunity mm-hmm. to hand something off to her son and just like share your passion. Yeah, exactly. This kid's gonna remember this hopefully for the rest of his life. Where it's just like because he's never played video games before. Wow. Outside of like mobile it's, stuff. That's a hell of a start. Is going from I mean mobile to PS five. So it's like to have a hand in potentially you know kickstarting this kid's love of video games it's like what do i start him with and the yeah. first two things i can think of is the spyro reignited trilogy and new super lucky's tale yeah no i think those are good um what else do you have on your list i, I mean i'm trying to think what like capability has to play because i don't know what i would have been able to play let me grab maybe the like, notebook okay maybe like a racing game something where it's not too taxing like an rpg but like it, it, like platformers are very simple. Driving cars are very simple, depending on like, yeah. Something like that. So for PS5, I put um, Astro's Playroom okay. with a little asterisk to say it's pre-installed on the console, so don't worry about buying it. Sackboy: Big Adventure, and then two games I say to look out look out for on the horizon because uh, my boss and her son are big Star Wars fans. Oh, cool! So I said Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga, yeah, Skywalker, Skywalker, whatever. Uh, Ratchet and Clank: A Rift Apart. Okay. I feel like those are two games that he'd really get a kick out of, um, and she'd probably get a kick out of watching or playing co-op with them, certainly in the case of Lego Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, PS4, I said uh, Spyro the Reignited Trilogy, Ukulele, of course. I got to throw that in yeah, there. Yeah, you have to hype it up. New Super Lucky's Tale, of course. Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. That is the, I don't think it's a remake of the PS1 game. I think it's just kind of a... Reimagining of the series, if you will, okay. of Crash Team Racing on the PS One, uh, Minecraft, of course. Yeah, I, I hesitate because I just don't selfishly, of course, I don't want him to just be the stereotypical like the Minecraft, Minecraft and Fortnite person. Yeah. Like, I want to introduce him to some of these other things so that maybe you know he's on the playground in a post-COVID environment where he's able to say, "Well, yeah, you're playing Minecraft and Fortnite and Call of Duty, but have you heard of New Super Lucky's Tale?" <laughs> have you heard of ukulele like, yeah i want to make sure he's the cool kid you know um you, what you're trying to do is morph him into little you well you know. like plat like most of those are platformers <laughs> <laughs> astros sack boy super lucky spyro i'm just trying to educate the kid you know yeah all that matters so mm-hmm. yeah so no, that was kind of the highlight awesome. of my week uh for sure but um we're 15 minutes in, Ryan, and this is, you know, the Otaku Brothers podcast, right? Yes. We've talked about video games a little bit, but uh, we do also have to talk about, as we always do on this podcast, the games that we've been playing recently, maybe the shows that we've been watching. Yes. What have you been playing this week? I wasn't sure really what I wanted to play this week. Um, I was watching one of the YouTubers who I watch, like, Dark Souls playthroughs and mods for, mm-hmm. and he was playing Neo 2, which I bought maybe a year ago. Um, and I couldn't get past, not the first boss, but the first mini boss, because I'm just a noob, apparently. And it, it looked fun. It's I 
I wanted to grind out some loot, change my character's outfit, and just mess around with that. So I ended up going back to Neo 2 maybe on Wednesday. Okay. And that's partially the reason I took off work on Thursday. I'm not judging. um, So yeah, I I got into that. I'm playing, uh, you basically play as a demon and you're a person, but you can turn into like a demon yokai form. And I picked a scythe because I just, scythes are awesome. Pretty sweet, yeah. And, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've beaten maybe four levels at this point. Um, I was able to get past the hurdle. Um, I don't necessarily need to beat all the bosses by myself or, like, go through all the levels by myself to feel like I accomplished something. I'm having fun kind of co-oping with these spirits that you can call in. Now, these real people or NPCs? So they can put down a summon (laughs) sign, and I'm not sure if it's the person like similar to Dark Souls, you call in the person, mm-hmm. or if it's just kind of an AI of that person with their armor and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's a lot of fun. Just kind of going the level through a level with like two samurais, just killing demons. Oh heck yeah! So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've maybe put uh, like fifteen hours into it over the last three or four days. Um, so a good amount of playtime. I'm not really rushing through anything. I'm most of the time I'm just trying to grind armor, mm-hmm. which is what I'm there for. Just Good that stuff, RPG, man. Um, preparing for Monster Hunter. So, yeah, I'm not sure what I'll play today though. I don't know if I'm feeling anything chill. Maybe Ori. I, I might start Ori. Mm-hmm. That's just that's mm-hmm. a commitment that the second I start, I have to turn off everything. Yeah, and I've just been kind of the the. I've been watching a bunch of different things, which we'll eventually talk about, but mm-hmm. watching something on the side while playing a video game has kind of been where I've been in the headspace for. Okay. So Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's about all I've played. Um, I played some RuneScape. Nothing really to talk about that people care about. I'm just kind of grinding levels. How's your cape progress? Uh, very far away. Um, this is on my character... That's the 2007 old school version. Okay. So I am not close at all. Um, and XP is very slow on that version compared to the newer one. Oh, okay. So it's, it's about 50,000 XP an hour versus upwards of potentially a million XP an hour, Whoa. depending on skills on the other one. Okay. Um, so big difference. It's like 200 hours versus like 15. So kind of like OG Pokemon <laughs> yeah, versus Pokemon yeah. X with the experience share. Exactly. Gotcha. So, I'm following yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I was grinding out some crafting last night as I was trying to watch the documentary you recommended, Oof. and I turned that off quickly. I don't and, blame you. Uh, I went to The Magicians again, still watching some of that, and then Avatar. But Can't beat the OG Avatar Last Airbender. Yeah, so what have you been playing? Uh, so I've kind of been in a similar rut this past week. I didn't play... I didn't end up starting God of War, which I know I kind of said... I was going to do that yeah. again. You got to be in the right mood for something like that. Yeah. You know, and that is something that I kind of want to just wake up on a Sunday morning, get a nice piping hot cup of coffee, sit down, put my headphones in, no podcast, no nothing, just locked into that game. And I just haven't been in that right mood yet. And so uh, when you're in that mood, Ryan, where you just really don't know what sounds good, but you just need some joy, love and good feelings in your life, you know what you're going to play? Probably a platformer. No Probably either. a Mario platformer, yeah. man. So I got the All-Stars off the shelf and played a little bit of Mario Galaxy. And oh, my cool. goodness, is that game still so beautiful. No, I, I played a little bit of it when 
after I got into the Sunshine Mario fiasco. Mm-hmm. And no, it's a beautiful game. I will eventually have to play it, but yeah, and I didn't go too crazy. I wasn't trying to to get all the stars and beat the game. I just put it in for a couple hours, got through a few of the the levels, and collected a bunch of stars. But even just oh my gosh, the soundtrack in that game yeah. so so good. Last night I was in bed playing, and Lauren of course was like zonked out. I woke her up. I was like, you got. <laughs> I'm I, sure she loved that. I unplugged the headphones and I'm like, girl, yeah. you have to just listen to this sound, this soundtrack. It's so good. And she listened to the tune. She humored me, and then she went right back to sleep, man. But you know what? Sco- <laughs> Scooby loved it. Yeah, he was getting, he was digging it, jamming out. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, no, man. Mario Galaxy, such a great game, and uh, you know, 3D World is, of course, we got that port from the Wii U with Bowser's Fury or whatever. I'll eventually pick that up. But man, I have so many unplayed Mario games at this point. Yeah, like I, I didn't finish Odyssey. I've got the new Super Mario. Uh, Brothers Deluxe, the the other Wii U game, the 2D platforming one. Oh, really? I got that on Switch that I haven't really played yet, and uh, but it is one of those things. Is that, that the co-op one? You can play it co-op. Okay. 3D World is the, is the more co-op focused, I would say. Okay. Um, but but yeah, no Galaxy was. I just needed that comfort food, Mario. You know. Yeah, you didn't pull a blink and beat well like 120 stars in four hours. Or Man's whatever. a machine. Yeah. You know, I can't compare. He's just he's a legend. And uh, I'm, it's just that I, I feel honored to even know him. Yeah. No, me too. You yeah. Uh, Everyone's Quest. Okay. Made That's a, a big shift. <laughs> made a little bit more progress in that. But uh, my gosh, that game is just so uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, good. It's so repetitive. How do you destroy a main character? Oh, it's so repetitive. And you just go through each of the levels hacking and slashing your way through and I'm, I'm making my my progress. Right now, I would say I'm about halfway through the two towers. I'm running through Rohan to, to I would assume, get to the warg battle where, uh, you know, Aragorn flies off the, the cliff or whatever. Yeah. Took a tumble off the cliff. <laughs> 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 oh, nasty little orc thing. Yeah. Gurgling. Yeah. <sighs> and he, like, he <laughs> fades off into nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. But, um, I actually had a dream about Aragorn. Yeah. Oh, man, I do every night. You know? Do you? Yeah, just a wet... Uh, <laughs> I was in wet dreams <laughs> about Aragorn. Yeah. No, I was... Uh, it was a mix between, like... You know, dark, how it's, like, time traveling? Mm-hmm. I was time traveling, but I had, like, magical Dorothy shoes, which were our tra- time travel device. And, like, my companion was Aragorn. And we went back, and we... I don't know why we were in this classroom... But we were trying to, like, raid this classroom of, like, secret agents. And then Aragorn got taken. And, like, we were all just trying. Like, he lost his shoes. I lost my shoes. So I was, like, going through all the cubbies trying to find my magical, like, time travel shoes. And you were, you know. Like, I was freaking out. And, like, so the, the best time to get dreams is if you set your alarm. And snooze it a few times. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. So, like, I've been snoozing just trying to get some dreams going. Mm-hmm. So I snoozed, got up, like, I put my alarm across the room, got up, I was like, fuck, I need to, like, rescue Aragorn. But, like, when I hopped back into bed, hopped back into the dream, like, Aragorn was still gone. Oh, so no. So I was like, oh, shit. And so Click I was looking for someone. shoes. There was some, I don't know what was after me, but it was some, like, dog type thing. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting my shoes, jumped through a portal, went back in time to my place, and I went back into my house, and my wife and my kids were there, and I was like... Hey, dude, we're we're in trouble. And then there was a knock at the door, and it was UPS. And my wife went and got it, and there was like a little jelly bean. She's like, "Here, this is what the UPS person gave." And she's like, 
what is this? And I was like, it's a bomb! And like, jeez. <laughs> so I just scream. Uh, the jelly bean just starts expanding and I run to the kitchen and I turn around and I just see my wife and kids explode and I'm behind this pillar and then I wake up. And then I had to start the day knowing I just watched my wife and kids die. I never rescued Aragorn is the moral of the story. It's a hell of a dream, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it happened like four days ago and I still remember it. Hmm. Good for you. Yeah. You got to write that one down. I do. Yeah. So. That's a Hollywood blockbuster film in the making. It's probably more interesting than Aragorn's quest. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, I was really captured by that story. It was good stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, Aragorn's quest, man, I'm trying to plug my way through to get to the end because uh, some of the end game stuff like... Uh, the Pelennor Fields fight is mm-hmm. fun because you're riding on the horse, you're slicing Oliphant's legs, you're killing so, the Witch King. So have you beaten this before? No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I beat it on the Wii. Okay. Which is crazy, and it's a testament to my dedication and love for Lord of the Rings because that is one heck of a waggle fest of a game Yeah. on the Wii. Yeah, we will uh, be unwaggling going into Skyward Sword. That's the right. The de-waggle, That's right. We'll yes. be talking about some Skyward Sword later. Uh, the final game I have here, Ryan, is actually the prequel to one of my favorite games on the PS4. Hmm. Any what guesses? No. Let's look at your notes. No, don't look at my notes. <laughs> don't look at my notes. No, I have no idea. So, for the listeners that don't know, I think it was back in 2019. This might go back to 18. I don't really remember. It was one of the first games... I ever played online for the PlayStation 4. All right? Just take yourself back. Mm. It was a game that Pete was streaming. Won't be Destiny. No, 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 no. De- no, Pete wouldn't. Pete yeah, wouldn't yeah play that's Destiny. not a Pete game. And uh, and then he played this prequel a couple nights ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I didn't even know there was a prequel to one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 4. Some might remember Ryan and I talking about it many, many episodes ago. Life of Black Tiger. I was thinking that. I was like, there's no way there's a fucking prequel to that game. Yeah, it's called Lizard Lady versus the Cats. Uh, you're bullshitting me. I'm not. Lizard Lady <laughs> versus the Cats is the oh, prequel no. to Life of Black Tiger. It's actually not the prequel, but it might as well be. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how do those worlds intertwine? <laughs> so the really fascinating thing about this game, and I thought it was a joke. When I, went, when I saw Pete go live and playing it, I was like, what? in the world am I even looking at? Yeah. This had to have been a game that came out at least a decade ago. Is it the same maker? No, dude, I was just kidding. Okay. I was going to say, like, the dialogue, hopefully you have some snippets of that. No, so I'll read kind of the plot synopsis. If you've already piqued your interest, you can literally get this game for 50 cents. Wow. 50 cents. That's some high-quality game right there. For that, plus it's a pretty easy uh, collect all the trophies. I'm sorry, Blink. There is no platinum trophy tied to this game. I'm just as sad as you are. But uh, here's kind of like the the high-level little plot synopsis of this game. Okay. All right? Using her powers, Masked Vigilante, Lizard Lady, is out to wipe out the notorious cat gang once and for all. That's all you get. It's a race war. <laughs> a species war. <laughs> also included in this game is Lizard Lady versus herself. Internal struggles. So, I love it. <laughs> racked with guilt after succumbing to her genocidal side in Lizard Lady versus the cats, Lizard Lady finds herself trapped within her own psyche, battling manifestations of her conscience in a never-ending fight. For survival. I feel like it's like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it does kind of sound yeah, like, like the, plot's the darkness. But uh, so anyways, how the game's structured, how does it play? There's five levels. 
Okay. Where you're like murdering all of these cats. All right. And I don't even know how to describe it other than it seems as if it's this third person prototype shooter that a college student made for some kind of weird computer programming project. Yeah. Or it looks like maybe what Cyberpunk 2077 may have looked like in the early stages of development. I, see, I don't know how much of this is real. <laughs> like I don't know how much of this is real. Yeah. Like, was, it almost, it, was Is it the real plot synopsis say genocidal? Like, yeah, that's for real. That's on PlayStation Store right now. We're going to have to watch a trailer when we save. Dude, <laughs> we can this... play it after we st- we record. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm for real. Lizard Lady versus the Cats. I'm not making this up. Look it up. Buy it on your PlayStation 5. You can probably get it on the PlayStation 4. It literally came out like a week ago. Is it fun? No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Good. So it starts out, there's five levels to get to the very end. Okay. There's also trophies for each level where you don't get hit. So if you take no damage, you get a bronze trophy for every level. And then if you go through the entirety of the game without getting shot, you get a gold trophy. That's a rough bronze trophy. Zero hits. It's not that bad, actually. Okay. The, um, I've gotten through every level without getting hit, but I haven't done it all the way through. How long is the entire game? I literally beat it in like 30 minutes. Oh, okay. The other kind of somewhat okay fun piece of the game is that the second piece where she has this this weirdo psychological battle with herself after committing genocide of cats. um, It's kind of just this endless wave of enemies. So there's three nightmare modes or three nightmare levels. So think horde mode in uh, Gears of War where there's just waves of enemies constantly coming at you. And then you're just shooting them down. For each kill, you get a score of one. Mm-hmm. And then if you get a score of 100 on each of those three levels, you get a blonde, bronze trophy for each of those levels. Okay. This sounds like a very... I, I I feel like you could walk upstairs and you just see Scooby, like, murdering cats. <laughs> like, with this little pause on the controllers, click an A button. <laughs> well, they're really... I mean, when I'm playing this game, it almost feels like you're in a dream state because the graphics are really bizarre. Okay. Um... The controls are super floaty and weird. So, like, how high definition are these graphics? Not high definition at all. So, is this, like, Life of Black Tiger quality? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, like, PS1, PS2 level of... Yeah. I mean, for all I know, this literally was by the developers of Life of Black Tiger. I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it probably could be someone's, like, final project for... Like grad school. I assure you these people are never making video games again. <laughs> yeah, these people were never hired. <laughs> yeah, so Lizard Lady versus the Cats. Uh, check it out. 50 so, cents. So the only reason you bought this was because of Pete. Yeah, otherwise I never would have known it existed. The, the real question is how does Pete find these gems in the rough? Dude, or he's Pete. Not even gems. All right. But. He has a spider sense. You know, as soon as a game like this hits the store, he gets alerted. I feel like this is like 50 pages down, though, in this store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have to take a look at this. This isn't a highlight new release game on the front of the PSN <laughs> yeah. store. That's for 2021. Sure. Games to watch for. Well, there's already videos on YouTube about the worst PlayStation Network games, and this is already being represented, and it came out a week ago. So Wow, that's some hype. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Lizard Lady vs. the Cats. Cost you 50 cents. Or better yet, Ryan, if you don't even want to pay the 50 cents, go watch Pete. His uh, his archive stream is out there. He played it for like three and a half hours. I think he literally started to speed run it. 
Yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful game. It reminds me of uh, that screensaver. We took a break and I watched some gameplay, and it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to elegantly describe the bullshit that I just watched, but fifty cents is a a high price point for the the ni- Windows ninety seven maze screensaver of a game. Yeah, it's it's definitely not good, but you know what? Maybe it'll squeak its way into my top 2021 games. <laughs> you never know. Uh, but Ryan, we also watched some stuff this week. Yes, we did. I know I watched some stuff, so I'll, maybe I'll kick it off here. Okay. I, I did watch The Cecil Hotel. Yes. The Vanishing good. of something something rather. Yeah, of... Um, Elisa Lamb. Yes, yeah. It was crazy not to like... Jump. We're going to spoil some stuff. No, I don't want to spoil it for the people. Okay, never mind. We're not going to spoil it for you people. Because, I mean, it's new. It's fresh on Netflix. Like, it's not something that a lot of people have probably seen. It is something, though, that, you know, Elisa Lam, the vanishing of this young girl, she went to this hotel uh, on Skid Row, downtown LA. Yeah, great place to live. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. And, you know, there's this really freaky four and a half minute video of her in an elevator. Yeah, just freaking out. And it surfaced back in, like, 2013 when this young girl disappeared. And I don't know how, especially being on YouTube all the time back then in college, that I I never saw this. Yeah, I remember seeing the video. It looked really familiar. Um, I never got caught up in the hype, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that, like, a disappearance was hype. But yeah, it was like, not hype, but yeah, just, like, kind of the... the the spectacle or the... The web sleuths. Yeah, the sleuthing behind it I never was a part of. But I definitely saw it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, for four episodes, it's an easy... I mean, as much as a disappearing person, easy watch can be. Um, but it's... I want to say it's compared to the other documentary you watched, um, being Night Stalker, and I started, it's an easier watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly heavy. It's definitely tragic what ends up taking place and going down. Uh, it's very compelling, though. Well, I think what I loved about it most is that, you know, they brought in all of the original investigators on the case. Yeah. And the way they're kind of talking through everything that happened as information came in, as they were kind of uncovering all of the details of the case, when they're being interviewed in episodes one, two, and three, they're walking through it as if they're still trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, I really liked that. I mean... They, they had a really good direction on slowly leaking information as time went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're just feeding you these breadcrumbs crumbs over the course of these four episodes where even by episode four, maybe it was three, I guess kind of taking a step back, recently I watched Knives Out. Okay. Fantastic movie. Holy moly. Go check that out. It's on Amazon Prime right now. But even when you find out how the person died... There's still so much mystery surrounding it. Yeah. And same thing with Elisa Lamb. You find out in episode two or three, I think, how she died, but there's still so much mystery leading up to that yeah, moment. Yeah, that almost seems like the start of it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, so, yeah, I would definitely encourage people to go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's, I would say it's a breeze of a watch. You're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Because you did it in one sitting, right? Uh, Lauren and I did, yeah. yeah. We watched all four episodes back to back to back. And uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I know Comeback Kid, friend of the show, He was he's really into the true crime stuff. And mm-hmm. he's really into YouTubers that are also kind of into the sleuthing, true crime stuff. And he said back when that happened, he was kind of a part of watching and following the case and watching the videos and theorizing what actually went down. 
And uh, yeah, man, it's just a tragic, tragic situation. Yeah. It would have been, I mean, though being tragic, it would have been interesting to be trying to solve the murders with the internet. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the, the really wild thing is that these investigators put this video out there with the hopes that the internet would maybe help them see it from a different perspective. Yeah. Provide new light and a new lens and say, hey, have you thought about this? If you slow down the video here, maybe there's there's something going on here that you didn't yeah. catch the What's first. What's this frame and this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so really interesting stuff. Definitely check it out if you're into those types of documentary, true crime type stuff. Uh, it's a quick watch and definitely a good one. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, the next one I watched because I was just really in this kind of true crime mood, and this one is not for the faint of heart. This is uh, Night Stalker. Yeah. And this is the story of Richard Ramirez back in the early to mid 80s. This guy just kind of wrecked havoc in California. And it sounds like California is not the place you want to be. No, no. <laughs> Katie, if you want to get murdered, yeah. Katy Perry and the California girls definitely paints a pretty false picture of uh, what this place is like. Yeah, everyone is Katy Perry in L.A. It's yeah, it's a freaky situation. But um, yeah, apparently meth is only two dollars on Skid Row. Okay, so moving along here. <laughs> Back with, to Katy Perry. <laughs> with the documentary. I mean, I literally, you know, I, I was watching this. It's also four yeah. episodes, and uh, it's really heavy. I mean, I, I had to stop between episodes just to kind of get my bearings. I'd go downstairs, pet Scooby, you know, kiss Lauren, like w- <laughs> listen to some really happy-go-lucky music because, yeah. I mean, watching each episode is kind of exhausting. And honestly, it just kind of freaked me out that someone can embody this much evil. Yeah, I, I started watching it when I was cleaning my apartment on Thursday. Um, maybe got through 20 minutes, turned it off for happier pastures. And then I, yesterday, probably not a Friday night show, watch another like 20 minutes. And it's just, it's a hard watch. It's, they're pretty specific on like the details they give. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, even, not even epi- episode through it, it's... It's really happy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's worth watching, uh, but you definitely have to be in a certain state of mind to get through this. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not something you're going to walk away from uh, really delighted that you watched it. <laughs> Feeling good. Yeah, yeah. It's just more of one of those things that if you're really into the true crime stuff, uh, this is something probably you need to check out or should check out. But yeah. uh, oof, it is heavy, heavy stuff. But for whatever reason, Ryan, I just kept consuming and watching the really heavy stuff this week. Good. Uh, yeah. Again, I really wasn't... Probably paired well with work. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Uh, it, it's kind of weird, though, right? That oftentimes when we're really stressed, we sometimes watch or consume even more stressful things. Yeah, you're like, my life isn't murder stressful. No. Maybe work's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what was going on in my mind, but I watched this movie that Lauren and I tried to get through in high... Not in high school. We didn't know each other in high school. But in college, we sat down one night during a date night, and we... We made like the worst meal to have while you're watching this film, and that is 2012's The Impossible. What meal did you make? We made stuffed peppers, and I won't go into the details of why that wasn't the best meal, but when you get about 20 minutes into the film, you'll realize like, oh, yeah, that's that just doesn't work with this movie at all. Okay. Um, but just to kind of set the scene of what the movie's about... This is actually based on the experience of Maria Ballone. I probably did not pronounce that uh, correctly, but her family 
vacationed to Thailand in 2004 when this uh, tsunami oh. ended up striking. Okay. And so it's kind of the story of this family of five. So this man and this woman, they take their three sons to Thailand to vacation. This tsunami hits, and it's kind of this fight for survival. As you as you would expect, they get separated based on the tsunami. Yeah. And it's them trying to get back together and see if the family members have even survived. And, man, so many tears were shed watching this movie, especially towards the end. It's... um. It's just so freaky how powerful Mother Nature is. Yeah, tsunamis are terrifying. Um, it, it's th- the water goes out to sea, and you're like, "Oh, that's that's weird. Um, why did the sea just disappear?" And there's boats hit like hitting the ground, and fish just flopping around, and then all of a sudden, you just see this wall of water of like thirty feet, just level play. Like I, yeah, it, it's crazy. Just for miles. Yeah. Well, and it, I think the movie probably does add a little bit of a Hollywood effect to it to not romanticize it, but kind of just gives you that kind of Hollywood effect, if you yeah. will. But I think it's probably still pretty realistic because when it hits, everyone's kind of hanging out at the pool and then everyone just hears chaos. Birds are flying overhead mm-hmm. and they're kind of like, what is that sound? And then they look and they just see all of these palm trees falling and they just hear this chaos coming yeah. towards them. And then all of a sudden, just this massive wave just flushes through the resort. And everyone's like hopping on trees and trying to hold on for dear life. And man, it's it's a movie about struggle and perseverance and just the lengths you're willing to go to fight for your life and family. And it's it's special, but also not for the faint of heart. It's, it's brutal to watch. And uh, just to see the chaos that Mother Mother Nature can do, whether it's tornado, tsunami, typhoon, whatever it is, man. Yeah, it it really puts into perspective the scale of the Earth. Yeah. I mean, because I think that one, I mean, it's just a snap of the tectonic plates. I mean, like the same way mountains are formed, but think of how much water is displaced with like Earth snapping up that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, which one is lighter? Uh, that movie or Night Stalker? Lighter? Yeah, like, which one should I watch today and feel somewhat okay? The Impossible. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, this terror strikes this... It strikes Thailand, right? Yeah. But then you see a lot of hope with these people because um, people are reunited with their families. It's yeah. just like, oh, man, I don't know. Watch The Impossible before you watch Night Stalker. Night Stalker does nothing but depress you. Okay. Like, yeah, that's probably not what I need today. That movie is that that those four episodes are just really fucked up. Yeah, there was a happy tsunami story. There was a tourist, I think, in Thailand, who, through what like middle school or whatever, uh, knew the signs of a tsunami with the water going out to sea, and was able to warn like the hotel basically that she was staying at that this is what a tsunami looks like and was able to save like a couple hundred people's lives. Oh, wow. So happy tsunami story to bring it all around. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing I didn't mention about The Impossible is that I believe it's actually Tom Holland's first movie. Oh, So he's super young in it. And then the parents are portrayed by Naomi Watts, who was in The Ring. Okay. The blonde lady in The Ring. She was also in Peter Jackson's King Kong. Okay, yeah. Among other films. And then our boy Ewan McGregor. Very nice. Yeah, he's in it. Obi-Wan's in this film. And um, the performances are unbelievable. 
I mean, both yeah. by Na- Naomi Watts, Ewan McGregor. Um, I mean, there's this scene with uh, Ewan McGregor where he just completely breaks because he thinks that he's lost his family. And I mean, he's crying so hysterically. It's it's almost as if a baby's crying. And I mean, it's it's beautiful, but also so sad. It, it's I'm sure that would be cool to see the full range of Ewan as a or as an actor because yeah, you don't see a lot of his like the spectrum of his acting in as Obi Wan. No. So no, yeah, he does an incredible job in this movie, and even Tom Holland. I mean, he's he was born in '96, so he is like 14 in this movie. Okay. Probably when he filmed it. I mean, it came out in 2012, but he's probably a young teenager. And uh, he's really good in this film. Okay. Yeah, I'll so, have to watch that. You definitely check out The Impossible. It's good stuff. But, uh, man, I watched a lot of heavy stuff this week. Yeah, I uh, I watched Happier Things. I watched the entire Avatar series, The wow. Last Airbender. Good for you. Yeah, just while I mean, kind of background noise to work. Um, so, it, it's such an amazing series. Who's your favorite character? Um, the uncle. Yeah. He, uh, he's just such a constant kind of lighthearted, hopeful character throughout the craziness of, I mean, he used to be a general in the Fire Nation, but like getting his perspective on like after his son died. Um, yeah, he's just a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and really is the foundation to the entire series. So Kind of like the Yoda of Star Wars, if you will. Pretty much, yeah. Tea instead of swamp water, but <laughs> <laughs> or whatever he feeds Luke. But yeah, it, it's so well paced. Um, I think I got through book one and a quarter in like a sitting. Wow. I mean, that's granted, it's an eight hour day of work. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Great series. It's probably my fourth or fifth time through it, similar to Lauren's Gilmore Girls number of times she's watched a show. But yeah, go watch Avatar The Last Airbender if you haven't. Yeah. It's, I mean, I actually have only gone through it once and that was in college because largely because of your and Lauren's influence. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a spect- spectacular kid show, but also like a lot of Disney movies and stuff like that. There's just interwoven throughout the show. There's a lot of really great life lessons. Yeah, there is. And it's the way that they portray it, the character growth, the action. It's not 100% kid friendly or it's not always focused at kids. It's it's pretty violent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people die and they're talking about genocide of the Air Nation. Um, it holds up really well. Yeah. And it, it sucks that um, the movie of Avatar The Last Airbender was so bad. Like, the worst of all time. I just don't know why M. Night Shyamalan ever got the rights to making that movie. Like, he makes horror movies, and he does a really good job at a lot of it. Like, yeah. He has made a lot of really great horror movies over the years, but Avatar is not a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, his movies are more for, like, a twist or, like, that gotcha kind of moment. Um, yeah, I have no idea why well, he would even be considered... I it mean, ultimately should have been given to someone who cared. either grew up watching it or had kids that watched it and they fell in love with it and had such a great appreciation for the story and the characters. I mean, when you start the movie and you pronounce the character Ong. He literally pr- pronounced all of the act- or the characters' names wrong. Yeah, that's just terrible. Like Upa instead of Appa. Good God. <laughs> so yeah i mean they even set up like this was supposed to be like a trilogy kind of thing 
Um, they set up, I think, at the end of that movie with Zuko's sister um, being like the final gotcha reveal. What? I th- if I'm not mistaken, I feel like I could be completely wrong on this, but I almost feel like they're they're doing another live action. T- I think there was supposed to be one on Netflix. Yeah, but that there hasn't been any movement on that for okay. like four years. So okay. Um, I, I want to say the producers of the original anime wanted to do the movie or were a part of it, but then Shyamalan was just like, yeah, we don't want your input. Like, they brought they were brought on for some help, mm. but then he kind of went his own way. Well, you know, I never went back and watched the TV show, but I remember, you know, the series of Unfortunate Events. Yeah. Some of my favorite books growing up. Uh, they had the, the Jim Carrey movie. Which encompassed, was there only one? Yeah, because that was the one on the lake, right? Or was that three books? When it encompassed the first three books, which I thought was fine, I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but I think the the Netflix series with Neil Patrick Harris did a lot better. But I'm also not sure if they ended up completing all 13 books with the TV series. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I read like three or four books, and then I kind of gave up. I just I remember really loving the texture of the side of the book. Oh yeah, the it, crinkled pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't super organized or uh, in order. But yeah, man, I those are one books. of the like few books I read. I could power through those things. I mean, it wasn't hard. Even they were t- page turners. Yeah. And uh, yeah, series of unfortunate events. I'd like to get a complete set of those books eventually. That'd be cool. Really good stuff. Hmm. I think that's everything I've been playing and everything I've been watching, Ryan. Yeah, me too. So let's get into uh, the biggest news story of the week. Yes, Nintendo's back. Yes, they are. And back with a vengeance, I would say. Yeah, it sounds like they're off the kind of slowly leaking information to us and now back to the original format of these longer kind of directs. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't really think that Nintendo directs were ever going to come back at a certain point. I mean, it had been over 500 days. We had these like little mini Nintendo Direct sessions, and I thought, oh, okay, so they're just going to kind of release information when they want to, but this big spectacle of events, like a Nintendo Direct, they're probably getting away from because they probably realize, like, I liken Nintendo Directs to the hype behind Star Wars films, right? As mm-hmm. soon as they announce a Nintendo Direct, there's all of this theorizing on the internet. There's supposed leaks of games that are in development in Nintendo. We all go into these Directs with these lofty expectations of what's going to be announced. And then they're like, yo, Splatoon 3 is coming soon. Well, apparently the entire lineup was leaked. Like a pretty accurate lineup. I, I believe it. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? So and same thing with Star Wars, yeah. where it's like for three years... We hype up what we expect is going to happen. Ray's lineage. Where's Luke going to come into the fold? Breath of the the Wild 2. All these different things. And then we see the movies and we're just kind of like, no, no thanks. You know, and so I feel like going into this Nintendo Direct, they're never, they're always going to be set up for failure because they're never going to cater to all of their fans. Me personally, just kind of uh, spitting my thoughts after I watched it. I thought this was a solid Direct. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with a few of the titles. I'm sure there's going to be mixed reviews depending on nostalgia and whether you like any of those. But overall, I had a good time. I didn't expect to have a direct um, similar to what you're saying. Um, But overall, I'm happy. I I don't know if they have to be 50 minutes moving forward. I'd be fine if it was... I mean, previously it was like, hey, Animal Crossing, here's all we have for like 10 minutes or so. Or Monster Hunter. But even 30 minutes of here's what we're working on. 
I'd be happy with. One, I think it, it had been so long and we were going into this new year having no clear idea where Nintendo is at after, I don't want to say a relatively uneventful year in 2020 with the games that were released because we still got Animal Crossing New Horizons, we got Paper Mario and the Origami King, we got Pikmin 3 Deluxe Edition, we got an announcement that Pokemon Snap 2 is coming. Yeah. So it's, it's like they, they gave us, they trickled out some things to get excited about. And they certainly had content releasing throughout the entirety of the year for Animal Crossing. So in the year of a pandemic, I don't know if they needed to do much more. Mm-mm. But at the same time, there was still the the question of where's Breath of the Wild 2 at? Outside yep. of Breath of the Wild 2, what the heck are we looking forward to on the Switch moving forward? Is there a pro console? There was just a lot of uncertainties with Nintendo coming into this year. And I don't think they answered all of the questions. But as Nintendo has been doing for the past several years... They're not saying these are the games that are coming out for the next three years. These are the things you can look forward to in the next six months. Yeah. And I feel like they brought some things to the table that I am over the moon excited about. I literally posted in our Discord, if you're not there, hit that little link in the show notes, that I only wanted them to announce one game. And I've been I've been craving this series to come back for probably, what, three years at this point since the last Mario Golf came out on the 3DS. And they came to the table with a really great looking Mario Golf game. Yeah. Which is all I really wanted. And so for me, everything else they talked about was gravy. Yeah. I mean, when was Mario Golf on GameCube released? That's 10 plus years, right? Toadstool Tour, man. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, that's how long I've been waiting for another Mario Golf. I put, gosh, hundreds of hours into that. I mean, I tried to get a hole in one on, like, I think it was, if you get a birdie on every hole for one of the tours you were unlocking characters and just to have that experience and golf games are just a ton of fun. That's all I wanted. So if really they could have come in, Hey, Mario golf's a thing. It's coming out in June, I think late June. Um, yeah. And then book it. That's all they had to do to make me happy. Yeah. No, I, I, mean- I have a very low bar for a very, game that i'm very happy for but that's the thing right nintendo fans are always expecting the world to be delivered to them on a silver platter with announcements and that didn't happen so you know my twitter feed was super divided of like that was a boring direct we deserve better versus some people saying that was the best direct we've had in years which i mean we haven't had a direct in years so (laughs) i was gonna say one of one (laughs) by definition it was the best mario direct we've had in years uh i don't know man i i was more than you know pleasantly surprised with the things that were announced and i mean even for like breath of the wild the director was like yeah we don't have anything today which was disappointing but not really surprised Mm -hmm. but he's like hey we'll have something later this year and that's all you had to do to make me like hey we're still making this game just letting you know, we're going to show it down the line. So let's get into it. It's you not know, going to be cyberpunk. They Mario. started off the Nintendo Direct. Pyra and Mithra are joining Smash Brothers Ultimate in March of this year. So for a lot of people, they were probably scratching their heads and saying, I've never even heard of these people before because they were in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yes. Uh, they'll probably be stealing your copy eventually to play some of that goodness. Uh, so I think that's fun. You know, at this point for me... I, there's no one that they could announce for Smash Brothers where I'd be like, finally, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. Banjo-Kazooie, after they announced Banjo for Smash. I think you, that checked your box. Sephiroth, Cloud, all these other characters that I love. I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that roster is already ridiculous. I mean, King, I mean, if they did Sora, I think that you'd be really happy. I think that's the only one. But again, if you're not going to pair that with, oh yeah, and also the Kingdom Hearts trilogy of games is coming to Switch then I, yeah. I don't really want Sora and Smash Brothers. It's kind of the same way, like, 
Not to this extent, but I would love for Rare Replay to come onto the Switch because I feel like a lot of those games on the Rare Replay collection were home to a Nintendo console. Yeah. Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, Jet Force Gemini, things of that nature. I just, to me, those things are best played on a Nintendo machine because that was the era where Rare was firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I mean, Sword and Smash, that'd be great. But if it's not going to be paired with those games coming to Switch... Yeah, we recently got news that all the Kingdom Hearts games are coming to the Epic Game Store so you can play them on PC. I have no, I, no uh, desire to play those games on PC, you know? I mean, I already own them on PS2, PS3, PS4. I, yeah. If I'm going to buy them again, it's going to be on Switch. Yeah, no, that's fair. But, um, yeah, Pyra and Mithra coming to uh, Smash Ultimate. I think that's awesome. I'm surprised they're still putting out. I mean, they're probably making a ton of money, so. But is that... This is, we're close to 10 DLC characters now on Smash, right? I have, Dude, I have no idea. That, that roster is like 120 characters deep at this point. Yeah, they're probably going to have to do multiple pages eventually. But yeah. yeah, good news for Smash people. Yeah. Zach, enjoy it. Yeah, what's up? Zach Archer, want to be back on the podcast? We got to get you back on, buddy. Uh, while there was nothing new announced for uh, my notes here, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, so you were getting at this, Ryan. Anuma came forward and said that, you know, we don't have... Any information now on Breath of the Wild 2, we'll have it for later this year. So I have a couple thoughts here. One, I think the pandemic has really set that game's development back. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I think it's probably set a lot of Nintendo's projects back quite a bit here. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other piece to this is I don't think this game is coming this year. Oh, I don't either. No, it's, I mean, if we're not getting any information about it until the end of this year, I don't see it coming out until... Maybe first half of next year at best. Yeah. Um, I could, I mean, they had a few announcements that were 2022 in their show. I mean, it started in 2021, so it's only a year away, but still. Yeah, I don't think, it's probably first half of next year. You still have to play the first one, so I mean, this doesn't really affect you. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, I I feel for the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild fans because you're craving not only when it's going to come out, but just information about its development process. Mm -hmm. How different is this really going to be than Breath of the Wild? How is it going to build upon that world? Yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's one of those things that, for me, I thought it was like a Mario Galaxy 2 situation where it's like, we just had so many ideas for this game. That we just had to make a sequel. And I figured, okay, well, if all the assets are there, the world's already built, maybe you have some new shrines or whatever, throw a couple extra characters in there, and spit out Breath of the Wild 2 in three years. I'm beginning to think that this is a much grander game on scale than what anyone anticipated, maybe Nintendo included. Yeah, I mean, I think the first trailer, which it wasn't that long, but it looks like they're going into caves. And there's some caves or at least underground areas in the first one, kind of, but... I mean, they could do a lot with this series, and I don't know where they are in the timeline. It seems like it's a sequel, because um, Zelda's back, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. But I will save that excitement for next year. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Nintendo uh, announced things, as we will continue going down the list here, that uh, there's a lot of really great games coming out in the next six months, in my opinion. And my guess is we'll probably get another direct in probably April or May, mm-hmm. maybe June to say what's coming out in the back half of the year. And maybe then we get a trailer for Breath of the Wild 2 to say, hey, this is what their game's at. Gameplay demo out today. The game's coming in Q1 of 2020. Because there were a lot of demos. And that's one thing I appreciate for the direct was, 
hey, there's a demo out for this game. Try it out for X amount of days or whatnot. So, I, I mean, compared to like the E3s or whatever E3 has turned into over last year, there weren't a ton of demos out for like PlayStation or Xbox comparatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nintendo's always been good with the demos. Yeah. So I'm sure that uh, that tradition will continue. But we have another game here that they announced, Ryan. All right. This was certainly interesting. The newest in Square Enix's HD 2D series. Yes. Project Triangle Strategy is coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2022. Project Strategy, Triangle Strategy, is a working title and appears to be the successor, but not a sequel to Octopath Traveler. Yeah, I'm glad that's just a working title. And they even put that up there because it's such a hor- Like, I read that because I watched the direct maybe 30 minutes delayed from when you were watching it. Um, it's a horrible name. It, it's, I get it. There's like three kingdoms or whatever. Um, but hopefully they change that name. I like that they're doing an open demo, I think, out now, um, which is the same kind of way that they did for Octopath. Um, and that game's more or less flawless in my book. But... Yeah, I, I love the art style. The music seems to be in line, and I'm excited to see this game, what it turns into. I It, it looks like kind of a Fire Emblem-esque tactical game mixed with uh, Octopath. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, too, because a lot of people on Twitter were saying, you know, Octopath Traveler didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. But when I was playing it, I was thinking, my goodness, if they took this graphical style and made a Final Fantasy Tactics type game, that would be my jam. Yeah, And honestly, I'm excited to play both of them. I, I still have Octopath Traveler unplayed on my shelf, but I've listened to the soundtrack for probably like at least a dozen hours at this point yeah. because it's so beautiful and so good. Um, so I'm sure I'll get the itch later this year to play Octopath and uh, maybe download this demo too to just to get that. I haven't played a tactics like RPG maybe since Pokemon Conquest on the DS. Mine isn't since uh, that war game with the tanks. Advance Wars? Advance Wars, which is amazing. Great game. I need to actually go on Amazon and buy Advance Wars. Okay, well, I hope you have $100 to spare. Is it really that much? To get the cart. Mm. You want the box, buddy. You better uh, sign yourself up for a kidney transplant or something like that. I, I have limited kidneys. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> is it really $100 for just the card? Dude, it's a Nintendo game and it's on the Game Boy Advance. Are you kidding me? Shit. Okay. I'm just trying to remember which one I played. Was it the Game Boy? I think I want to say it was the Game Boy Advance one. Well, Dual Strike on the DS is probably the superior version. Mm. Do you... I'm going to have to do some research. Okay, we'll yeah, get back to that us. That might be my uh, splurge of a Saturday. <laughs> do it, man. No, Advance Wars is such a great series. It's probably series. an investment. It's kind of like Beanie Babies. Eventually, I'll sell it for millions. Oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wait a couple more hundred years. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ryan, the next thing. Well, that, f- fucking. Oh, my, here we go. My, uh, my mom was like, oh, Beanie. Like, we were caught up in the, was that early 2000s craze of Beanie Babies? And, like, McDonald's had the mini Beanie Babies, and you had to get all of them out of Happy Meals. But my mom, to, like, divide things equally between Lauren and I, put our names on the tags. So just immediately crushed the value of these Beanie Babies. So... Yeah, I'm never going to retire because I don't have that beanie bunny, beanie baby, beanie baby cash. <laughs> That's a struggle. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when uh, my parents never did it, but I had a lot of friends growing up where their parents would write their names on their video games, like the N64 carts and stuff. Yeah. 
it, it fucking pissed me off every time. But yeah, I mean, I think like the, there's like a Princess Diana beanie baby that's going for like five grand. I but believe it. That's I, probably the only one that has retained any kind yeah, of value. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we alluded to this earlier. We kind of talked around it a little bit. Mario Golf Super Rush will be released on the Nintendo Switch on June 25th, 2021. I'm such a big fan of the three click golf system. I love these types of games. I've played the hell out of the Hot Shots Golf series so much so that my dad played my PlayStation Portable, my PSP so much. Hot Shots Golf uh, Open Tour? What the heck was the name of the the PSP game? I can't remember. But he played it so much that uh, he bought his own PSP. Well, that's what I was actually thinking. I'm like, is your dad going to get a Switch? Or are you going to get your dad a Switch? I don't because- know. A couple Christmases ago, I bought him a PS2 Slim and uh, Hot Shots Golf 3 and 4, mm-hmm. which he, I mean, I can't even tell you the number of times I used to come home from school. I'd walk into the house, grab a couple Pop-Tarts, walk downstairs in the basement, and who's playing my PS2? Your dad. My dad's yeah. playing my PS2 with Hot Shots Golf 3 and 4. So, um, man, I love that. I mean, I, I love, love, love getting my, my parents into video games growing up. And as an adult, I love to hook my dad up with a Switch Lite so he can, you know, watch his umpteen TV shows and play some Mario Golf. Yeah. Switch Lite. Uh, can you hook that up to your TV? No, that's kind of the whole purpose is it's it's strictly handheld. Okay. Yeah, um, it looks like they're also bringing back some of the, like, Wii moat. You can swing your moat like a a club, but... Yeah, I probably won't get into that, but I'll tell you what. When yeah, because you have to stand up <laughs> way too much energy for no a thanks. game. But yeah, no, when this game drops, man, this will be my summer game. I mean, it's just a perfect release time for this to play in the summer, along with some of these other games that Nintendo's coming out with uh, in June and July, so... Oh man, Mario Golf, such a great series. And what I loved about this announcement is that it's not just, oh yeah, you can do tournaments and you can do match play with your friends. They're bringing back the story mode, people. Yeah. If you played Mario Golf on the GBA or the Game Boy Color, you know that there were RPG mechanics infused into this story mode. You got to create a character of your own, play with all your Nintendo favorite characters uh, out on the Lynx courses, man. This is the good stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping they bring back characters that you can unlock. Um, like Toadstool Tour. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to have some RPG mechanics and Max Min, my uh, beast of a golfer. It's going to be an Italian Tiger Woods. Yeah, I'm going to crush it. Okay, well, I'll probably still beat you. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be my golfer because my golfer's better. Something like that. <laughs> like middle school playground. Yeah. On the jungle gym. Uh, there was also a couple other announcements. I won't I won't go down the whole list here because you can just go on Google, search for Nintendo Direct announcements and read it yourselves. But some of the other things I think, you know, we'd want to talk about here, Ryan, a Hades physical edition. Yes, I was looking for this. Um, I, I would love to have a physical edition for that. I'm happy to get I think the digital edition was like 30 bucks. I'm hoping this one's 30 bucks, um, no. but it's not going to be. It's going to be probably 60 um, but there's, I, I want to say there was like a 24 page art book that's coming with it, which I would love to have. Um, the art style is just beautiful. Um, I w- also want to support the developer because I think they definitely deserve it. And I think there was a download code as well for the entire soundtrack that you get. I thought you got a physical version of the soundtrack. No, I think it was a 
piece of paper with a download code to then on your computer download the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Um, and then the physical art book. So, yeah, I will definitely be getting this one um, added to my collection. Yeah. It's a great game, and hopefully you eventually play it. That someday. way I can, I can loan it out to you guys to play. Yeah, someday. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, the Master Collection. I haven't played a Ninja Gaiden game since I think the demo to 2 on the Xbox 360, but this is a series that I've been wanting to get back into. I think there was Sigma 2 or Sigma Plus or something like that on the PS3. There was a Ninja Gaiden game on the Vita that I've had my eyes on, but uh, a little collection of the games here on the Switch just seems right to me. I preferably prefer playing it on PlayStation for trophies and good stuff like that. Plus the big screen, I just, I'd prefer to play it on the PlayStation. I I haven't really checked to see if this is going to be coming to the Xbox and PlayStation stuff yet, but um, I don't know, man. That's just a series that I feel like has been dormant for a while and is maybe due for a revival. Is Ninja Gaiden the one that's like notoriously hard? Oh yeah, brutal. And did when you played the demo, or you never played the full game, you just played the demo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it difficult? Yeah, it's pretty hella hard. Okay. Yeah, I'll see. I'll probably, if anything, maybe get this on discount. I was curious about it, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could take that amount of rage <laughs> going through some of that. Dude, all you play is Dark Souls and Neo. Yeah, but... Shut up with your logic, man. <laughs> I, I'm wrong, obviously, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe yeah. on discount. I, it, I hope for some of these remakes, um, and we'll eventually talk about the last one, probably one of the last games on your list. Um, but for remakes of older games, I hope that they take the approach similar to the Mario kind of was it 3d or 35th anniversary where each game in theory is 20 dollars so they had a cartridge with three games and overall it's 60 so we're not paying like 60 dollars for one singular game because it is just a remake yeah i mean you're not gonna be paying 180 dollars for the ninja gaiden collection it's probably gonna be 60 and have a couple of the ninja gaiden games in it yeah Mm -hmm. so if they start remaking other more popular games i hope they still take that route of twenty dollars per game well i wouldn't hold your breath because skyward sword hd is not exactly that's 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 my irritation like i hope that's like 30 bucks but it's it's gonna be if anything like we'll talk about it here shortly all right just just relax yeah Uh, we got super mario items coming to animal crossing new horizons this month on the 25th of february I think it's really awesome. Looks super cute to have little question blocks and other. Uh, you can make a. Uh, you can make like your own golf course or your own Mario World. I like the warp pipes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm think, glad they're still supporting Animal Crossing and still adding stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I I don't think I'll probably ever go back to Animal Crossing New Horizons, but uh, I'm excited for the people that you know have pumped over 1,200 hours into the game are still going strong and are going to eat up that new content like. Uh, Nobody's business. Yeah, I will definitely be getting some of that. Good stuff. Uh, have you ever played Outer Wilds? I've heard amazing things about Outer Wilds. Um, I I watched a little bit of gameplay. I heard it's like life-changing mm-hmm. if well, you get through it. Blink is a uh, friend of the show, Blinkoom. He um he records a couple podcasts that are out on the uh, the Audio Waves Indie Quest. Yeah. He also records the Polykill podcast. Yes, he does. He's also on Twitch. You should check him out on everything. Uh, he's a big fan of this game. Yeah. No, I I think I'll probably end up playing it 
uh, on Switch mm-hmm. when it comes. I actually... Uh, it's kind of like a roguelike um, or what's the one Zelda with the moon where it restarts time? Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask. Yeah. It So it'll be interesting. I, I don't think really believe like a, those descriptions and comparisons, but um, I do know it's a kind of an exploratory space life-changing adventure. So that's about all I can say about yeah. it. Yeah. Like the sun blows up every 12 minutes or something like that. I don't know if that's how that game plays. Yeah, I think it does. It, it Like the sun blows up after a si- certain number of time and you start back over at zero and you go explore more to see, to get through the game. Okay, maybe you're right. I have no idea because I, I literally have not played the game. I do have it downloaded though on the PlayStation 4. Oh, cool. Yeah, so eventually I'll play that. Uh, that's really it in terms of like the final couple announcements that we'll get to i know one thing that my twitter timeline was or twitter feed was going nutso over were these two famicom famicom so the original nintendo in japan detective games coming to nintendo switch later this year famicom detective club the missing heir and famicom detective club the girl who stands behind Sold separately are both being fully localized for North America for the very first time. So if you're into your visual novel type games, these are definitely right up your alley. After watching these true crime documentaries, man, I I almost (laughs) want to play something like this. Uh, Graphically, it looks really good. It got localized. So you're obviously playing the English translation. Uh, I might try something like this. Yeah, that could be a fun thing to run through together Mm -hmm. um, with our own commentary. But yeah, they looked really interesting. I'm glad they're localizing stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, so good stuff. I'm sure a lot of people are pretty pumped about that. Uh, We got the final two things here, Ryan. You know, everyone was kind of hyping up the Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary. What are they going to come with? This was, again, one of those, like, Star Wars situations where people were painting this completely unrealistic situation and scenario. They're going to come up with a Zelda collection that's going to include Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks from the DS remade for switch it's gonna have wind waker twilight princess and skyward sword all in one magical little switch cart that would be awesome and then they come forward and it's just a trailer for skyward sword hd yeah um it's kind of a letdown coming out of the anniversary of the mario kind of release i would have loved to have another similar three games for one cartridge um i don't know I mean, you have a limited capacity, and I don't know if you could hold a Zelda game, which seems significantly larger than Mario. But I don't know. I, I've heard bad things about Skyward Sword. I, 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 I want to say rap. it was, yeah, divided community, to say the least. We'll see. I, I don't know. Did well, I also you, don't you think it's... this one, right? No, oh, of course. One of my favorite Zelda games. Played it in college, I think, the summer of 2012. Of course, this came out in the unbelievable year for video games in 2011. I'm not even going to go down the list, but my gosh, what a year for video games that was. I remember coming back uh, from college. That summer, I played Skyward Sword, and I, man, it's such a beautiful game. As I, I typically hype up games, the soundtrack's beautiful. I thought it was the best use of the motion controls and probably still is on the Wii, and I know people did not like the the flying mechanic because you fly around too much. Well, you also sail around too much in Wind Waker, and uh, you turn into a wolf too much in Twilight Princess, right? You, you can always nitpick the Legend of Zelda games to yeah. no end, and it's it's kind of like the fan base behind Star Wars. The biggest, uh, what did you say on our, our Star Wars fan? The people that hate on Star Wars the most are the biggest Star Wars fans. And it's the same thing with, with Legend of Zelda. The people that hate on and nitpick the Legend of Zelda series are also the biggest Legend of Zelda fans. 
I really love this game. I think having the opportunity to strip it, strip the motion controls from it and play it with just traditional buttons, I think has the potential for people to really come around with this one and really like it. Yeah. Maybe people will still hate it. I don't know. All I know is that I'm going to pre-order it. I love Skyward Sword. To play this game once again, 10 years later on my Switch, I'm going to be more than happy to do so. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll probably be getting this one. Um, I do like that they don't require the motion controls, um, but you can you still have the option. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't really played a lot of Zeldas. I pl- played Breath of the Wild, and I played Ocarina of Time, but I, I feel like I'm uncultured. Um, I would love to play Boat Zelda, but I don't know when they'll be remaking that one. Just buy a Wii U. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I hope eventually they start porting more of the Wii U library. But I mean, I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that later this year or even before the end of the Switch's life, uh, life cycle, they're going to have a Wind Waker, at least a Wind Waker Twilight Princess port over. Mm-hmm. Because those games have already been HDified for Wii U. Yeah. How much more trouble is it going to be to bring that to Switch? They've already done it for Pikmin 3, Mario 3D World, New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, and all these other games. Mario Kart 9 or 8 or whatever the hell they're on now. Yeah, similar to your Breath of the Wild. If I mean, assuming they already have all these assets made, how hard can it be? But I don't think it's going to be too painstaking of a process, and uh, I imagine they will. Otherwise, uh, I have Twilight Princess on GameCube. I don't have Wind Waker, but um, those are the two biggest, I would say, Zelda games that I haven't played to completion outside of Breath of the Wild. Okay. And so those are ones that I really, really want to play. I've... Let's just go down the list here. I've beaten Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Link's Awakening, both OG and the remake, um, Spirit Tracks on DS, Skyward Sword, Link Between Worlds on the 3DS. So yeah, I guess maybe the, the three glaring omissions outside of Breath of the Wild are Majora's Mask that I haven't played, Twilight Princess I never beat, and Wind Waker I never beat. Okay. So, yeah, I was thinking about this week just how, like, the, the progress of Nintendo systems going from the Wii and then the Wii U being the first attempt at a Switch and then the Switch combining the Wii U and the, the Wii. Mm-hmm. Or just how the progression, like, just the technology and, like, you can really see their thought process. I was just thinking about that week or this week, getting nostalgic. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just sentimental about my Wii. Um, No, I mean, one thing I'm disappointed about for this Direct is I was, I mean, similar to me thinking everything's going to go perfect. I was looking for a, was it Pokemon Gen 4 remake? Ah, yeah, good point. Um, I want to see that. I was watching a few videos this week on how they address those remakes is really going to show how they take Pokemon moving forward. Because um, it, it, they're really getting away from the older audience that started with this franchise and moving it towards the kind of younger crowd, um, which you're getting from like Pokemon Go. Um, so if they keep like a the old style and keep, I mean, I think Gen Four is known as being pretty difficult. Um, yeah, I, I I was hoping for that, but we didn't get it. So hopefully the next direct. 
in a year. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some good stuff, some good Pokemon stuff cooking outside of Pokemon Snap 2. Yeah. Whether that's going to be the Johto region, let's go, which I'd be super pumped about, or it's going to be a region four with, um, you know, Diamond, Pearl, Platinum remake, either in the let's go environment or just overhauling those worlds in 3D environments to look like Sword and Shield. I don't know, but I think there's definitely a Pokemon announcement coming before the end of the year. Yeah, I think so too. So, super excited about that. Ryan, we get to what I would consider the underwhelming final announcements. I I feel like a lot of these these presentations, whether it was the Game Awards when we saw Mass Effect will continue or whatever, as opposed to dropping what I felt like would have been the haymaker punch to a, a pretty decent Game Awards with Perfect Dark. Yeah. Like if that would have been the final announcement, I think that would have just kicked so much ass. And for me, I honestly would have rather either had Mario Golf be the final announcement yeah. or Skyward Sword HD the final announcement. But we got Splatoon 3, which, listen, I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade. I'm sure Splatoon is a heck of a fun game. People love it. And a lot of people were probably super excited that Splatoon 3 is coming out. Me, personally, I kind of liken this to Cars with Pixar, right? You know, you had three Cars in a game, three Cars movies in addition to a Cars cartoon series in a matter of 10 years when it took 14 years for them to do Incredibles 2. Yeah. And I think that's more, it's, I'm not saying that, Splatoon is the level of quality of something like Cars, but I think it's relatively quick. It's easy. They know a lot of people love to play it. It's building upon this established new IP that people loved uh, when it first dropped on the Wii U. And so, yeah, Splatoon 3 probably does a lot for a lot of people. It does nothing for me. And I just wish that the final announcement would have either been Mario Golf or Skyward Sword HD, or I think what I would have rather seen more than any of that is just revitalizing a long dormant franchise. Wave Race. When was the last time we saw a Wave Race game on the GameCube? I've never seen it. <laughs> F Zero. I know people talk about yeah. this all the time. Star Fox. I feel like Star, Star Fox, Fox on Wii U awesome. was an absolute joke. So why not bring back Star Fox, similar to something like Assault or the N64 game that was obviously a masterpiece? Or I know we got a lot of the 2D Donkey Kong Country type games. We got Returns and Tropical Freeze. Why not go back to the roots of Donkey Kong 64, a giant, crazy collectathon 3D platformer? Yeah. I think it would have been so cool to see something like that, a little bit more originality, something that we haven't seen in a while. We've gotten three Splatoon games in, like, what, five years at this point? I mean, yeah. I mean, if we could remake, like, Donkey Kong 64, similar to, like, the level that Spyro remake oh my goodness that would be awesome that or just a new ip entirely i mean i know nintendo has no shortage of great ideas so why not create something new they did it with splatoon clearly it's tremendously successful can you imagine if they had a new kingdom hearts like trailer that would have been huge like exclusively for switch yeah i mean i honestly would have just loved if they just any kingdom Hearts. i mean square enix is working on triangle squared strategy x but like that would be another cool announcement. Is Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to get any new Kingdom Hearts stuff for a couple more years. We got Melody of Memory, the the rhythm game. We got the Remind DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, we talked about it earlier. I just want the Kingdom Hearts games to come to Switch. And more than anything, not only do I want them to come to Switch, I want more than just the cutscenes for 358 over two days and recoded. 
I know Recoded is kind of like the black sheep, pathetic game, never should have happened in the series, but I would love to replay that game because it had a lot of fun, unique ideas, even if not all of them worked tremendously well. But I would love to replay 358 over two days on Switch as well as Recoded, uh, in addition, of course, to the main series one, two, and three. But, yeah, I mean, I, I watched that movie and never got to experience a game. I mean, is it as unique of an experience as Chain of Memories is? with how ballsy they are with some of those mechanics? No, I mean, it just kind of builds on the the nobodies, you know, like Sora's okay. nobody is Roxas, and then you have uh, Shion and Axel, and it just kind of builds that relationship between those three characters. Because in Chain of Memories, like, who's Axel and why do I care about him? He looks really yeah. cool, but you see kind of a softer, more sentimental side of Axel in 358 over two days that you never really get otherwise. Yeah. What's, is it a combat? What type of combat is it? It's the same. That's why I loved it so much because it was the bare bones hack and slash button mashiness like Kingdom Hearts 1 that you had yeah. in Kingdom Hearts 1. Oh, yeah, that would be a ton of fun. There was no freaking familiar looking things that they had in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. There was no card system. It was just the bare bones Kingdom Hearts that we've all come to know and love. Okay. Yeah, I'd be game for that. For sure. Yeah, we went down a rabbit hole uh, Kingdom Hearts tangent, but back to... The final announcement, Splatoon 3, for me, underwhelming. I know a lot of people are happy. I can't really complain a whole lot because I got Mario <laughs> Golf, and that was literally the only thing I wanted to see during this Direct. But Ryan, what were your overall thoughts as you know, with Splatoon being the final announcement and just at a high level, your thoughts? Uh, I could care less about Splatoon. Um, I, Similar to you, I, I could have turned it off after Mario Golf. Um, everything else is just icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, yeah, similar to what you said, people are happy, but I would have liked something better. But I'm sure they make money on Splatoon, so yeah, good for them. Well, yeah, and my analogy to Disney's Cars uh, series of movies, like yeah. when that first came out in 2006, you got to milk it till it's dead, and then you got to find another cash cow. Well, yeah, but I mean like... Or a cash vehicle in Cars' case. Yeah, but like Cars, it was the merchandise that sold so well Mm -hmm. because kids love Cars. And so to make three movies and a TV series on Cars, it's going to sell like gangbusters. Kids are going to love it. And I think Splatoon in a a similar way, Nintendo's never really had a competitive shooter before. You you look back on the Wii, they tried with the conduit, didn't work out very well. And Splatoon kind of found its footing and foothold on... uh, the Nintendo demographic of people that buy those consoles and it's kid friendly, but adults love it too. And so I totally, totally, totally get the hype surrounding that series, but it just does nothing for me. Yeah, no, I agree. So when do you think the next direct is going to happen? Do you see it midsummer or, I mean, they might do like little partner series, mini directs or whatever the heck they call them in the next few months. Uh, especially leading up to, uh, Pokemon Snap 2, which I think is coming out in the next few months, but I think their next full-fledged direct will probably be in like May or June. Okay, so sooner than what I'm thinking. I mean, it, there's no way they're going to wait 500 more days. God, please no. Um, okay, yeah. I, I think there's a lot on the horizon. Um, there's obviously a lot of smaller games that were announced. I think it was a list of like 20, 25 games in total. Um so everything in between, we just don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think these are the the main takeaways of what we see ourselves playing, and um, definitely revitalizes our hope that Nintendo's going to feed us information more regularly. Hopefully, 
yeah, I mean, we got to hear more about Breath of the Wild 2. But in the near term, we got lots of great games to look forward to on the horizon here. We've got Pokemon Snap 2. We've got Monster Hunter Rise. We've got Mario Golf, Skyward Sword HD. There's no shortage of games to be playing on our Nintendo Switch here in the next six months. And I can only imagine they will definitely be coming back at us with another Direct here uh, in the summer months ahead. So super pumped about that. But Ryan, I'm out of stuff to talk about. Yeah, me too. I, I've lost the ability to say words. I've noticed. You're, <laughs> yeah, you, kinda, you too. You kind of trailed off. Out. Yeah, towards so, the end So, uh, yeah. I guess, are we throwing it back to me? Do no, you have any more to say? We've got the end of the episode plugs, as we always do. Again, we talked about it a few times on the episode. If you're not in the Discord, you absolutely should be. Just click that little link in the show notes. If you already have a Discord account, you'll automatically be added to the server. Otherwise, you have to create an account and uh, it takes more than a couple seconds, no more than a couple seconds. And we're always having fun discussions in there. And speaking of the Discord, Ryan, we have another game night coming real soon. Yes, yes, we do. I have uh, a couple other recordings that I have to do next week. So originally the, the next Halo game night with the community was planned for next weekend. We're going to pump that or punt that back another week. So Friday, March 5th. Mark your calendars, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be playing more Halo 3 online, the Master Chief Collection. I'll have instructions and details about what you need to do to be a part of that experience with the community. But more than anything, you need to add me on Steam, RA Lewis 2011, or add me as a friend on Xbox, Fear the Steel 43, and Steel is spelled S T E E L. And then you can just join the game when we end up doing it. So more details coming real soon on that. But I hope if you're not already in the Discord, you'll join because we actually hop into the voice channel and talk with each other in real time as we're fragging it up and playing some some Slayer and all the other fun modes that Halo 3 has in store for us. So stay tuned for that. Also, if you are enjoying the show, please do Ryan and I the courtesy of going to wherever you listen to the podcast, whatever platform it is. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and write us a little review. Rate us five stars. We'd really appreciate it. And if you write us a review, Ryan, we're going to read it on the show. Yeah, we will. And we're going to give you a little shout out. If I know who you are, then, uh, and you have other stuff out on the interwebs that people can check out, I'll be I'll be sure to shout you out. And uh, we got a really good friend of the show here, Nolan Gill. He says, loving the show, been listening since the beginning. What I love is that Rusty and Ryan always make the show interesting every week and have great chemistry. Can't wait to jump in and laugh along to the crazy stories and video game news every week. Keep up the great work, guys. Never gets old. Thanks for the kind words, Nolan. Yeah, thanks, Nolan. And Nolan actually records a podcast called Young Nostalgia with his friend Ben. They always have a good time. It's very educational, very entertaining. Definitely go check it out on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And as we come to a close in this episode, and as we do in every Otaku Brothers episode, I turn it back to my co-host. Ryan, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Yeah. Uh, so I guess everyone have a good week. Um, let us know what you found enjoyable about Nintendo and what you hate about the uh, Direct. And um, yes, yeah, stay warm out there as, I mean, if you're in North America with all the cold and the snow and just don't freeze to death because <laughs> we want you to continue enjoying your podcast um so yeah just have a good week that and definitely download lizard lady versus the cats <laughs> it'll only run you 50 cents see ya bye